Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. From Coolidge, Arizona on November the 2nd, 2014. It's a cloudy day. And to us who are in Arizona, it's a wonderful day, therefore. The sun is not attacking us. We're in an introductory to the book of Acts. A wonderful, marvelous book that pulls a lot of things together. A lot of people avoid it because it just doesn't fit their bias. My suggestion is get rid of your bias. That's hard to do. That's the test of, of humility. And uh, so that's, that's where we are in uh, the, um, uh, doing, doing some things that introduce the book, dealing with some issues that are within the book. And you can invite your friends to tune in. Uh, that'll be fine. And um, sometimes they respond. I don't always have uh, an ability to respond to everybody, even though we'd like to but it doesn't always work that way. We began this, uh, this background with Jesus' statement, I will build my church. And then we went from that statement that Jesus makes, that it was going to, uh, that he was going to be owner of it by purchase. And we read the passages that talked about uh, the church which he purchased with his blood, his, the preciousness of his blood. So it, was, it has not been brought into, uh, into existence cheaply, but costly. So not only would he build it, and it would cost his blood to get it established, but it was going to have a structure. Now, a lot of folks don't like the structure. But again, I would suggest that we need to get our biases in line with what the Bible teaches. Our biases are not the ruling element here. We have to break out of that. So he says, I'm going to have a structure. Now, this brings us then uh, to to the foundation of the church was built upon whom so far? No. Oh, okay. Okay. But the apostles, the apostle and the prophets, and and then the and they were in the they were in what part of the structure? Hi, Dorothy. How are you today? Did you get lost? Did you hear the bell? You heard the bell. <laughs> the bell ring. You know, the bell rings for Sunday school, or it did today. Oh, you didn't hear that. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's, it, what? You sure are. Welcome. 
<clears throat> so it would have a structure, and in the permanent permanency of its foundation, that would be built upon the apostles and the prophets. And then it was going to have continuing function uh, functionaries, uh, the evangelists and pastors and teachers, and they were to be permanently fixed in the structure so as to equip, duplicate themselves in the lives of the people, equipping them, providing everybody having all the right equipment to serve as ministers of the Lord. Everybody. So the purpose of the functionaries were to equip everybody in the body to continue doing what they're doing. And, you know, that's why when God is in a thing, it keeps getting better and better. Because if everybody is duplicating themselves to what they can do in the life of somebody else, that person adds to that information or that skill what they have, and it always becomes better. If I tell you all that I know and you add it to what you know, we still have nothing I know, but typically that's not the way it is. What's that? That depends. Uh, That all depends. But you all on the foundation has to remain on the foundation. We can't slither off of it. That would be misplacing, misplacing the body, the church that he built is meant to be on the foundation, and we're we need to stay put on that foundation. But while we're on that foundation, we have responsibilities, and uh, that's to equip. That really has the idea of duplicating yourself. In order to equip somebody, you have to have the tool or the some aspect of whatever it is you're wanting to equip. You have to have some of that. And when you add that to somebody's life in the body, then they uh, continue on. Or actually, nor in most cases, uh, the student really comes out of a class knowing more than the teacher because he gets to add what he's heard um, from his own experiences or from his own point of view. That's how it ought to be. And so that gives us a motivation. The motivation is that as members of the body, we are always looking at not pulling attention to us, but in making somebody else better. And when we have that as our objective in lifting up, see the Bible says lift up one another. Elevate other people. Be interested in their interests, not only in your own. Be interested in their families, not just your own. See, it just goes on and on. And we get, we get tied up and we violate some of these most basic principles because we have lost sight of what it means to be a part of the structure and to equip one another for the work of the ministry. You follow me? I think I will. <laughs> you already have. Oh, I have? And I didn't even know it? <laughs> you see, that, uh, that? that's good. I like that. That's a good response. I don't know what you mean, but I can figure it out. Shall I get 
Can I penetrate a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, the word does convict us. The word does convict us. And you know that there's two things involved here, real quick, real quickly, is that you look, you, you look over. We have a very small, very small number here, and uh, but one of our objectives then of being a part of the body is to making those people who step inside our doors feel connected. How do they feel connected? Now I. You know, one person can't do that. It's everybody's responsibility. That's the part of the work of the ministry, is helping people to feel connected to the body in some way. And everybody's different. Everybody has a different way of connecting. But every way is unique. Every way begins the fulfillment process. So we have to connect people. We get so so involved with me and what's mine that we forget about, you know, and I'd like to mention names, but I won't. Well, maybe I will. No, I better not. Yeah. Well, Greg lifted his axe, and I didn't want to get chopped. <laughs> what did you say, Dan? We can't all be little toes. Each of us has a function in the body, you know, like the example that you use, uh, you know, the different body parts. We all have our talents. Yeah. They're all needed, and we all have to work together. That's right. And the second thing, the first one is, in some way we make people feel connected, no matter, and everybody has a unique ministry, a unique way of doing that. But we don't do it through who we are, and so, you know, people come and go, and they don't sense any connection. Secondly, is that with the folks we work with, our objective ought to make them as good as they can be. It isn't to make us look good in their sight, but to make them look good. It's the idea of an employee with an employer, a good employee wants to make his employer look really good. And the better the job you do, the better that employer looks. And if you're lousy, you make him look bad. Got it? So, you know, those are just, when we talk about the function, uh, the leadership has a purpose. And, and that purpose is to bring the body into a, a continued state of functioning. Not dysfunction, but functioning. So that's why there's a structure. That's why it exists. So it has a structure because it has a spine. It's not spineless. It has a structure. We need to honor that structure. We need to be um, supportive of that structure uh, that we've already talked about, and we need to realize that that structure has a function, and we need to be a part of the functioning part of that body over which the structure and for which the structure exists. Now, with that said, that's where we were last week.
kind of. Sharon went home last week in a dither, and uh, she took that lesson. I sent it to Mike this morning, Sharon. She, she goes home and she transcribed that thing word for word, and uh, I don't know where she gets all of her energy. Boy, I wish uh, I had it. What's that? <laughs> wish I had that kind of energy. <laughs> yeah. I can't even get you to read it. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that one. <laughs> uh, where's the comment on that? <laughs> okay, now, last week we went through Hebrews chapter 1 only to look at, and you know, it's amazing how people have a problem focusing. Huh? You know... Everybody must use shotguns in their theology today. But in, we were attempting to focus on the use of grammar in chapter 1 so that we could carry over those expressions into chapter 2 and get, get an answer here real quick. And let's do that in Hebrews chapter 2. Because this is going to be carried out. This is a part of what is carried out in the book of Acts. Therefore, verse 1, and we've discussed, we've read this before, but I'm, I want to zero in on verse, uh, verses 3 and 4, but let's read the whole thing in context. Uh, we've already discussed most of the facets of it. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, I had forgotten that I discussed this last week, but Sharon got it all on paper. So I know that I don't need to go over anything there. Verse 2. For if the word spoken through angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward except mine. Oh, your version didn't have that? Well, only if you include mine too. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I'm going to get by with what I do. I, I, you know, I don't have to pay the price. <laughs> Isn't that how we think? Uh, yes, it is. You know, somehow, somehow, I'm gonna, I can do kind of what I want, and I'm an exclusion to the rule. The rule is that every transgression and disobedience receives a just penalty. But now we have that as a historic reality here. That's why it's talked about, so folks, get your act together. Verse 3. How shall we escape? If we neglect, so you cannot escape the assurance of receiving the wages you've earned. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now, at the first, now here is where we want to begin to focus on, which at the first began to be spoken of, spoken through the Lord. And it should be through the Lord. 
No, I'm I'm I've got it I've got it I've got it in front of me. I am. Oh yeah. So at the very first, this salvation began to be spoken by whom? And that was second, right? Okay, now this great salvation. Are you staying on tune? Staying focused? This great salvation was first began to be spoken of. The beginning principles of this salvation began to be spoken of through Moses. Uh, we, again, I'm getting some objections here to that, Mike. I would imagine. Yeah. The salvation, the great salvation toward which all of the old covenant was pointed and for which the universal creation was made first began to be made known, exposed by the Lord. Anything prior to that is historical evidence leading us up to that there's something more than what it is we've got now. But with Jesus began the conclusion of the whole matter. At the first, it began to be spoken of through the Lord and was confirmed unto us, the people that we decided last week, the us, was confirmed unto us, the Hebrew people particularly here, because remember Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, and and people tended to get off into all kinds of tangents, but remember, we have to stay focused if we're going to get any understanding. We've got to get the the, uh, uh, flippidness out of our system. Confirmed unto us, as a Hebrew, Paul is writing here. We established that last week, I believe. And it was confirmed by, to us, by whom? Those who heard. <clears throat> now, the book of Acts is going to be telling us more about who that is. More specifically, it's going to be bringing to us the fullness of the answer to this context. Let me say briefly, it was confirmed unto us the people by those that heard him. Those are the same ones, the ones that heard him specifically are those that God bore witness through them, bearing witness bearing them witness, giving them the authority to bear witness, who would the them be possibly here? The apostles. So 
So the apostles, the uh, the apostles are bearing witness with the Hebrews, specifically here in this context. We don't care about other contexts right now. We're not dealing with them. We're dealing with this one. Let's get it straight. God also bearing them witness, third person plural, both, and here is how he did it, both with signs and wonders, with many miracles and gifts of spirit holy, according to his own will. If that message was confirmed by signs and wonders and various miracles and through gifts of the Spirit, according to his will, then we have a message that ought not be messed with. Isn't that his point? We have a great salvation. The message has come to us. It started with Jesus, and then he passed it on to the apostles. He enabled them to confirm their message with signs and wonders and various miracles and through gifts of the Spirit, Spirit made holy, by the way. I would bet real, real money that the the is not there. The well, that's a good, that's a good point. It isn't. You're right. No article there, and there is in your, in, in your text, or in your English text, Yeah, well, oh, well, oh, no, we don't like that. Oh, after that, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, there's no article, and, uh, and it's neuter. So it's not talking about a person, it is, it is talking about the substance of something, right? All right, now we have a progress here that the book of Acts is going to begin. We're going to start Acts in just a few moments here. But this gives us the beginning point, that the message that was began by Jesus is going to be carried out by the apostles in the book of Acts, that's why it is called, as I've suggested earlier, some of the acts of some of the apostles. We don't get all the acts. We don't have and hear from all of the apostles. But we hear from the ones who are significant to the Great Commission and taking it throughout uh, Samaria and into all of the parts of the world, into Samaria and to, to Judea and to the uttermost parts of the world. Hey David, are are, yeah. are we sure this? Are we sure you're doing this right? Because if I'm at the Four Square Church, I'm sure this all refers to me. <laughs> uh, I see. Okay, <laughs> and, well, um, then you you really have a split personality because you've got first person plural, second person plural, third person plural. Uh, and they can't all be referring to the same group, I mean, to the same people, because they're, the sa- they're different groups in the same verse. You've got a real split personality, and I, until you get your personality together, there's nowhere we can go. 
that's how that would be interpreted in 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 those uh, those groups, the Pentecostal type groups. I would imagine. Mike, that's absolutely correct. By the way, uh, one of the um, um, comments was that Sharon made last week that she tried to listen to at home is that again uh, um, uh, uh, some of the material isn't loud enough that gets recorded and the conversations are not able to be heard so I don't know where that comes from but that's just a comment by both by two parties this week that uh, some of the lesson material comes and fades out, and that may be my fault, but I don't know what I can do about that. Okay, so we have a foundation now, what we can expect in this book, and we're going to find that the book of Acts is very supportive of where we've just been, but it's going to explain uh, as we go along what we've just said, and uh, we need to take note of that. So let's go to Acts chapter 1. And if we don't focus, if we're, we're, if we're trying to analyze everything that is said from our own perspective, that's like saying I want it my way no matter what it says. But, but we ought to be focused on it from a different perspective, and that is that I want it God's way. I want it God's way. That's it, Period. And what we're doing here, anybody can do. That's why we are trying to give equipment, you know, how to use the equipment, how, how to use the text. So in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, um, he talks about a former treatise. So what was that? Okay, the Gospel of Luke. So that was a treatise, and he is referring to this as a treatise. And, and, and so who is the author of this book? Who is the one that has compiled the information and put it together for us? Luke. So Dr. Luke, the physician, he wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he sent it to Theophilus, and he is writing this book, um, to Theophilus as well, and it's going to include what Jesus began both to do and teach. Now, there's a key word there. Concerning all things, I made, that I made concerning all things, O Theophilus. The English has got this a little bit screwy. Let me let me give you give it to you from the uh, Greek text is that the uh, the first account I made concerning all things. So the all things belongs to the first treatise, right? And that isn't how it's, it, that's not how it's put together uh, in some of our translations. 
Um, and then I, I, my first account concerning all things, O Theophilus, and then uh, <clears throat> the Jesus and, and the things which Jesus began. Began. What's the key? What's the idea of began? Yeah. Did he finish? Why? Why? As a verb. Why? Why didn't it say that Jesus granted to us the full story? Why is this word began in there? What about these folks? And we've had some here. Jesus only. Jesus only. Oh, we only need to look at Jesus. Folks, it's because Jesus didn't have and, and give to us the whole story. What did he do with the story? He began it. Who completed it? The apostles and the prophets. See, that's where it, be, that's, it began with him, but it ended with the, with the foundation, with the apostles and the prophets. You Are see? You referring to the older prophets or the new prophets? Oh, good question. Do we have a response on that? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think they're they're right. It's referring to the uh, the prophets of the New Testament, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there were pro- and a, other than the apostles. That's right. The uh, you know the word uh, apostle and the word prophet. The word apostle comes from the word apostolos, which simply means one sent. So if I send you to Safeways to buy a package of cookies in the process of you going to get what I have asked you to do, what are you? An apostle. Because you've been sent, right? And I've given you the equipment, I gave you the money, and you went, and you, you are an apostle. But there are unique, there are the unique apostles that were both sent by Jesus, but they were enabled to confirm their message with signs and wonders, which not everybody could do. That, that, was, that pertained only to those specially appointed apostles. And we're going to find that out in the book of Acts. Even Philip, uh, in Acts chapter 5, uh, who was a deacon there, and then he became uh, an evangelist, had to call for the people in Jerusalem to come down and to do miracles that he could not do. Yeah, that's, yeah, who were the prophets? Okay, now the word prophets comes from the word prophetes in the Greek. Prophets simply means one who speaks in behalf of another. So there were, there were those who were designed, designated by God to speak his message, and they were prophets. Prophets are is one who speaks in behalf of another. It has to do with what one said. It doesn't have anything to do with prophecy. It can include prophecy. But a prophet is simply one who speaks for another. So, Abner, if I give you a message and I tell you, you go and you give that message to Dan, 
You carry that message exactly the way I gave it to you. Now, what, what is Abner now? All right, he is a prophet because he's speaking in, be, in my behalf to somebody else. That's what a prophet does. A what? A penny prophet? Oh, a penny prophet? Wow. Oh, oh. That lightens things up. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And we're going to find that illustrated in this book of Acts. That definition is how it's going to be used in this book, and we're going to find that out. Good question. Any other qu- Did you want to pursue that any further at this point? Okay, well, you're welcome to. You know that. John's writings, especially in Revelation, at the time he wrote them, prophecy? Mm-hmm. He was a prophet, and in that he case, he, he wrote prophecy as well. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that wouldn't, wouldn't Christ be the end of it? I mean, the start and the end of it with the fall of Jerusalem? With the, with the fall, and, then, and that's right. It said prophet, and the and, and uh, prophet is not no, it's not prophesying, but it can include that. It's just passing on a message. And that message may be prophetic, you know. See the point? Yeah, you could be delivering a message of something that has happened. You could be del- delivering a message of something that's going to happen. That's right. Good point. On good authority. I think I think it's really important here for our, for our thinking that Luke is writing to Theophilus <clears throat> the things that Jesus began to do and teach. What was that? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The the first thing that Jesus began to do and to teach. So he, he, brought, he introduces all of those things, and it's both what he did and what he taught. And um, <clears throat> you can, everybody on the same page there with us? It, well, David, if I'm hearing this correctly, then the apostles had the ability to basically send out prophets by telling these men what the message was so they could, the apostles themselves could multiply their efforts through, through prophets. Well, giving them Mike, the I'm, going to, I'm going to say that that's essentially correct. But not always did it come through the apostles, and we're going to discover that in this book. Okay. <clears throat> All right, let's go to verse 2. Oh, yeah. Well, it's about time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and, and uh, he, then then he tells us uh, that how long he, he began this, he... he he continued this process until the day in verse 2 in which he was taken up. After that he threw, um, threw, 
spirit, there's no article there either, by the way, you can circle that the, that he through spirit had given commandment, Uh, unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Now there's a lot there. So the teaching of the first the first treatise was to follow what Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up, or that's referring to what event? That's called the ascension, where he was taken up. And he was taken up after he had given orders to the apostles. So who is being singled out here? Now, we're not ruling the prophets out at this point, but they have a different role. We'll we'll talk about them as we go. But right now, let's keep focus on what he's saying here. All right. The, The specific apostles whom he had chosen. Are they named anywhere in Luke? Yeah, they're named. We've discussed them. And remember that one uh, went awry and he was misplaced by Matthias. Do we know yet? I don't think so. He didn't say that in Luke. We're, We're not there yet. But we'll find that out. Well, well, we we know who it was, but, I mean, we don't know that from where we are right now. Judas was taken out, took himself out of the game, and he was replaced by whom? Matthias. Matthias. So, he's telling us now, first of all, that my first treatise covered what Jesus began and... and, um, you know, the, the things concerning, all the things that concern what Jesus began. It, it isn't the whole everything. That's why I wanted to make an emphasis on that all here uh, But it, it, earlier in the discussion today. But it's what he began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up. And that was after he had given the proper orders to the apostles. Why is that so? What if Jesus had been taken up? prior to the orders given to the apostles? Yeah, the apostles would have nothing to do. They wouldn't know where to go. He had given it to them while they, he had given to them the orders, the, the instruction while he was here so that they would know what to do. We are going to find out in the book of Acts what partly what that was about. These are the ones whom he had chosen. He gave them. He did not leave them without instruction. You were not there, Michael. I was not there, David. Witness. Oh, never mind. <laughs> You're talking about age, right? <laughs> I thought you were there, you know. Oh, you're going pretty close. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so we we see the the importance here of our view regarding the apostles as a part of the foundation of the church. They were the ones who had specific orders. We'll we'll talk about how the prophets fit into that. <clears throat> but they had specific orders. First, folks, we don't want to mess with apostolic teaching and we don't want to assume that whatever it was they were, we can be like them. We were not chosen by him and we were not given orders directly by him. We are not one of the 12 chosen by Jesus. We are not one of those whom he presented himself alive after his suffering. Now that's very important in the latter part of this verse because there are people who say that there are, I mean, lots of people that I've talked to, there, are, there is no difference between what the apostles did and what, what they were able to do than what I did, can do. There's no, and they just want to completely disrobe the apostles of their authority. Once you've... Di- the apostles of their authority, they're also wanting to take apostolic authority onto themselves. Oh, good point. So it's an ego thing. Yeah. I want to be able to lay hands on people and heal them or raise them from the dead. You know, that kind of a thing. You know, we've already shattered almost everything that's around in town today in the first two verses. Now, I don't know how many years I have left, but I haven't got enough years left to finish this book, even at this rate. <laughs> All right. So let, let me read it. Oh, our time is up. Let, let me read it in conclusion. First two verses. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do. In other words, every element, which is what the word all is referring to there, every element of what Jesus began to do and to teach until the day which he was taken up and, and uh, he, took, he was taken up, sealed his orders to the apostles by the ascension. You weren't there. You missed it. You haven't got any orders except what comes to you through them. And you need to get a hold of that. He was taken up after that. He, through the Holy Spirit, and I'm reading it as it is in the text, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. A beautiful context. We, we've made some of the corrections in the English uh, translations uh, from the Greek grammar. You need to keep that in mind, uh, too, because that, ex- that explains the, some of the biases that we're going to have to deal with here in the text. So, All right, hey, David? Post. Yes. And one last comment here. Then this one little passage right here totally destroy, destroys the Mormon because they're choosing apostles, I guess, all the time. Yes. 
and the apostolic succession of the Catholic Church as well. All dealt with right here, folks. Good. One little good passage. <laughs> What's that, Michael? Oh, just one little passage here wipes all that out. I mean, yep. it just totally falsifies in, in such a huge way. I mean, not just a little way. That falsifies the whole message to the point where nobody should ever, ever pay any kind of attention to those groups whatsoever. Well, now you're getting a little bit harsh. Yeah, I know. That kind of killed you, didn't it? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael. We have to close, folks. Uh, we'll, uh, anybody has any. <laughs> you know, it's just so rich. It's just so rich. If you take time and, and just think about what's being said here, it just, it's just unbelievable. Father, we thank you for a wonderful time around your word together. Uh, for those who are listening in who we don't may not even know, we thank you for their lives and for their interest in these things that have eternal consequences. May we understand them and may we take them to heart. In Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.